This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So glad you decided to join me today. And as you heard earlier, there's nobody else with me. That's right. It's just me today. I promised you all several times over the last year that I would be telling you more of my story. So that starts today. That's right. So I'm going to take you back to the beginning. And I'm going to tell you part of my story today. I'm not going to tell you all of it because I'm going to break it up over several different episodes and you'll understand why I think. Because I think it would be a lot for anyone to take in at one time. But honestly, it's my story and I have to determine what I think is worth telling you and what details are important and what I think will make a difference for your understanding of me and where I'm coming from and what a difference I think it may end up making in your lives. So here we go. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is John Hewlin. Uh, I was born March 24th, 1970. It's not like I'm hiding something you couldn't find out on your own. You could. If we're Facebook friends, it's on there. So yes, I'm 51 years old. Um, I'm not into you know, signs and stuff, but I'm told I'm an Aries. If that means something to you, great. It means nothing to me. Um, all I know is that my birthday is a week after St. Patrick's Day and a week before the end of March. So that's an easy way to remember it. Um, I was born to two very good people um, who just were terrible together, to be honest with you. Uh, my dad and I have the same name. His name is John. My mom's name is Kathy. I have a sister, Carrie. Um, so for those of you in my family who are hearing this, yeah, I'm going to share a little bit about our story, or at least my perspective of our story. So mom and Carrie, I know you'll probably listen to this. And so if I say something that is either inaccurate or hurts your feelings, I apologize in advance because not trying to do either one of those. So my growing up years, um, my very young growing up years, uh, started in St. Louis. I was born in St. Louis. Uh, Webster Grove specifically is where we lived. And, you know, it was a fairly typical suburban kind of thing. You know, my mom worked for a grocery store chain and my dad was a service advisor at a car dealership. And, you know, just, I walked to elementary school every day. Um, that was a lot of fun. My parents ended up getting divorced in 1979. Um, I ended up going with my dad and my sister stayed with my mom. My dad and I moved to Lake of the Ozarks where my dad got a different job. Um, my sister ended up going back and forth between parents over a span of, well, from 79 to 86. So in there, she went back and forth a few times between parents, but eventually ended up with mom, stayed with mom. And that's kind of how that story ends. Um, uh, I apologize to everyone if this seems a little different from what I normally do. This is a little bit different format, and this is kind of raw. I didn't write out any notes ahead of time on purpose. I wanted it to be 
just very real and raw for you and for you to understand a little bit more about me so it sounds a little less polished. So I apologize if that's what you're used to getting from me. Um, that is something that I do pride myself on and being uh, an effective communicator. And so hopefully I'm still being effective while not quite as polished today. So I took you up to 1979 when my parents got divorced and my dad and I moved away uh, to Lake of the Ozarks, uh, which is in the central part of Missouri. And my sister, and my mom stayed in St. Louis. My mom has been a lifelong St. Louisan, if that's a word. After we moved down there, which would have been June of 79, my dad got remarried in March of 1980. And we ended up moving from Lake of the Ozarks to the Kansas City area, uh, Grandview, Missouri specifically, is where we ended up moving in 1981. Um, and that's where I spent my teenage years growing up. I went to Grandview High School. So for those of you who are friends of mine from Grandview High School, go Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, love you guys dearly. And it was a great time in life. Um, I was extremely blessed to be with my dad and stepmom. Yeah, we had our set of fair share of problems and things we had to work through like every family does because my stepmom had kids too and she brought that into the equation uh you know my mom ended up getting remarried in 1986 uh to my stepdad alan and he had three daughters although they were older um they had his youngest lived with them for a while or part of the time i don't remember all of it because kelly is my stepsister and she's older than i am and so I don't remember exactly how much she lived with them or if it was part of the time with her mom, part of the time with her dad. It's, I'm a, it's a little fuzzy for me because I wasn't there. I lived in the Kansas City area, uh, which is where I live now. I just happen to live on the Kansas side, but that's where I live now. Anyhow, back to my story. Um, you know, I, I had a really good growing up time. You know, I, I was one of those kids that, you know, I pretty much, I didn't really do anything wrong growing up. I was just a, a good kid. You know, I got in trouble occasionally. Okay. This will tell you a little bit about how I got into trouble. Okay. So here's something I did. I had pretty much had one girlfriend through high school and her family was moving from one house to another and I was asked to help them move. Well, thinking my dad would not allow me, because this was, you know, during a school day, that he wouldn't allow me to take off school to do that. I did it. But what I did was foolishly. Oh, it's so stupid. I called the school, the high school, pretending to be my dad and saying that I excused me to be gone that day. Well, the school called my dad. You know, to my dad's credit, he didn't embarrass me, you know, and call me out and, you know, drag me away from helping them. You know, I, I helped them all day long, helped them move, do that sort of thing. And then when I got home, man, did I get in trouble? I got in so much trouble. Um, believe it or not, I got a Saturday detention for doing that. Yeah. I had to go into the vice principal's office. Remember, I mean, I was a National Honor Society kid. I was in all the AP kind of classes. And... I'd never been in trouble before. And so, you know, this, the principal who took care of that sort of thing was not, he was not familiar with me because he didn't really know me. And he's like, why are you here? And I explained to him what happened. He's like, oh yeah, well, you get a Saturday detention for doing that. I'm like, okay. 
you know, and he told me what to bring, how to be there and stuff. So I showed up on that Saturday and let's just say there's were people that I was not familiar with from my high school that were there. Um, it was a very strange experience to say the least. All I remember the teacher was there saying, you have to stay busy the whole time and you can't go to sleep. So I just, I took homework with me, did homework and never did anything like that again. Uh, but that's what I got for trying to impersonate my dad on the phone. Um, all for a good reason. The funny part is my dad told me, he's like, if you would have asked me, I would have let you do it. And I'm just like, God, how stupid was I? <laughs> but, you know, we all do dumb things when we're younger, right? At least that one wasn't uh, terribly costly. It wasn't. So, um, as I mentioned, you know, I had one girlfriend throughout high school. I was an athlete and I was a smart kid too, which in my high school was a little bit different. There weren't a lot of us. And so I had a lot of those hard classes. You know, I played soccer. I did run track one year, um, tried a few other things, but soccer really was my thing. And I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I got some offers my senior year in high school of places to go to play soccer, but the places they were offering scholarships to, they were offering, you know, just a little bit of money toward a private school and they were pretty expensive. I mean, not nearly as expensive as they are now, but still pretty expensive. And so I ended up going the route of community college. I went to Longview Community College, or as I refer to it, the high school with ashtrays. <laughs> um, it was a great place to get those basics out of the way, though, because honestly, it, it couldn't have been much cheaper. I think when I started, it was $28 a credit hour, believe it or not. So and I was on my own, man. I had to pay for all that stuff. I had to pay for my books, I had to pay for my classes. So, I mean, I was working full time and going to school full time. And I put myself through junior college, got my AA or my associate in arts degree and then went on to a four year school. I went to uh, Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar, Missouri, where I initially majored in business administration. So for those of you who are watching this, that won't surprise you. But what may surprise you is when I changed my major. There's probably some things about me that you don't know that I'll be sharing with you today. And that is this. I changed my major from business administration to religious studies. And you may be thinking, that's really weird, John, because you got this podcast called Relationships and Revenue. Wouldn't the business administration one have been better for you? Uh, maybe. But I can tell you, I did have a business administration minor. Uh, I also had minors in psychology and discipleship. But my major was religious studies because I believed at that time that I had a calling from God to go into full-time ministry. And there's a lot I could unpack with saying that to you. Um, let me just put it this way. I was convinced at the time that that was what I was supposed to do. And so that's why I pursued it. I don't believe it was a mistake doing that at all because I made oh, so many great relationships when I was at SBU. So many fantastic people, uh, folks I still stay in touch with, not as much as I'd like, but I still stay in touch with them. Um, it was a very unique experience in my life, one that I will never forget, and I am forever grateful for it. Let me try and explain to you what my experience was when I first got on campus at SBU. I didn't really know anybody there. And one of the things I noticed once classes started 
was just in general how cheerful people were. Now, that may seem strange. You may have seemed like an odd thing to say, but from my experience growing up and being around people, uh, people, especially in a school setting, they weren't that nice to each other. They weren't very kind, but these folks were very nice and genuine and loving for the most part. Uh, another thing I noticed, and this was a unique thing, people, they weren't looking down when they were walking, you know, looking at the ground. They looked up. They looked at people eye to eye. That was weird to me. I wasn't used to that. It was different. But after a while, I really started to like it. I really started to enjoy it. It makes me long for it today. Honestly, I miss that. I miss when people did that, when they took a genuine interest in one another and they looked at each other face to face when they were walking. And this was, you know, before people had cell phones with them all the time and that sort of thing. Uh, and even then I was like, wow, this is really cool. Um, you know, another something that was different for me, again, because my I went to public schools my whole life. Something that was different for me. Now, not all of my classes did this, but a lot of my classes, uh, we prayed at the beginning of class. Now, some of you are listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't know how much more I want to listen to this story of John's. I have a point to all this, believe it or not. I really do. So just kind of hang with me here, okay? Just hang with me. But that was something different, you know? I Something I really liked. Yeah, I mean, another thing we had was chapel and that sort of thing. And if you went to a religious-type college of any sort, you had to go to chapel as well. So we had chapel twice a week. And it was good most of the time. I mean, there were times it's kind of like, uh, but, you know, for the most part, it was good. And they brought in good speakers, that sort of thing. But it was the overall experience, the people I met, the things I got to do, the people I got to meet. That's why I go back to something I've said many, many times. And, you know, I heard this years ago, and it really is true. Life is all about relationships. It really is. And the kind of relationships we have they'll only be as good as the effort we put into them. Please hear me when I say that. If you want great relationships, you got to put everything into them. You have to. Doesn't matter what other people are doing. It does not matter. If you feel like you're the only one in the relationship putting stuff in, yes, there are conversations you need to have with the other person about them not pulling their weight in the relationship. But don't let their lack of trying mean that you stop trying because that is death for a relationship because relationships only go one of two ways. They're growing or they're dying. There's no in between. There's no such thing as a stagnant relationship. It doesn't exist. A stagnant relationship is a dying relationship, period. So I mentioned earlier that I changed majors from business administration to religious studies. Well, that meant a whole new set of classes that I had to take, a whole bunch of them. And so I ended up graduating college with 166 hours. Now, for most majors, that's way more than you need to graduate. And that's because I changed majors essentially halfway through. But that also meant that I had the opportunity to meet somebody. That's true. My last year at SBU was my now ex-wife's first year. And so I met her that first week. Um, 
and we had we had a date that first week. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about my relationship with my ex-wife, uh, mostly to honor her and to honor my kids. Um, not because I have bad things to say. That's not it at all. It's just, that's just how I like to do things. So I, I'm going to keep things pretty general when it comes to her. And so I apologize if that upsets anybody or there's certain things that you wanted to know. Um, but that's just more for protection than anything. Um, and it's a, it's a way for me to continue to honor her and honor the relationship that we had and to honor my kids. So I hope you can understand and appreciate that. And so I met her in August of 1993. Uh, we were engaged October 1993. And we got married June of 1994. Now, what you need to know about that is prior to us getting married, uh, we, we were both in college and I was graduating. Prior to that was another big life event. And this is part of my story. And this is a key, key thing. I didn't understand it at the time, but I definitely understand it now. And it's this. My best friend, Kent Graham. He and I were roommates that year at SBU. And um, Mother's Day, 1994, which happened to be May 8th. I just, I have a thing for dates. That's the only reason I remember. Uh, it was Mother's Day, 1994. He and his sister, Stacy, and three other students from SBU were with them at their grandparents' house. And they were on traveling back from their grandparents' house to school. The long and short of it is that there was an accident. Uh, they were in a head-on collision. From what I was told, it seemed pretty apparent that Kent was driving and he had fallen asleep behind the wheel and had drifted over and they hit a truck head-on that was pulling a trailer behind it, like a guy who was moving across country and he had a trailer, a flatbed trailer behind him. Um. Stacy and the three other students uh, died on impact. Uh, Kent actually survived long enough to be life flighted out from where they were to Springfield, Missouri, to I think it's St. John's Hospital. I, I apologize if I don't remember the exact name of it, but it's been a long time since I've been there. Well, 94. And he died on the operating table. And I was with my, well, she was my fiance at the time. We were in the Kansas City area at her parents' house for Mother's Day. And we were on our way back. And on our way back, we're on a certain stretch of the highway and they were detouring us around. And it seemed really odd at the time. I couldn't figure out what was going on. And initially, initially my thought was, well, there was an accident of some kind. They were just trying to reroute people. I'm like, okay. Well, we get back to school. I get her dropped off at her dorm and I get back to mine. You know, and I just, I, there's all kinds of commotion everywhere. And it was really odd, you know, for it being a holiday and getting close to the end of school and people coming back, getting ready for finals, just all this commotion. And so finally somebody comes in and says, like, there was an accident. And it's like, and a bunch of students died. And I'm like, okay. Bottom line was I found out that Kent died. And 
Kent's parents, I guess, had gotten wind of this and had contacted the uh, state highway patrol. And the highway patrol couldn't let them know officially what had happened until they had identified all the bodies. Well, Kent was away at Springfield and had died on an operating table and they hadn't found out about Kent. And so his parents called me and asked me what was going on. And I had to tell them that their only two children died that day. Um, I also had to pack up all of Kent's stuff. Um, you know, in retrospect, one of the hardest things for me was knowing that I never said goodbye to Kent because he took off with everybody to his grandparents' house before I had finished classes and before my fiance and I at the time had taken off for Kansas city. And so I never got to tell him goodbye. And again, we didn't have cell phones, so I couldn't call him. I couldn't text him. Couldn't do any of those things. Um, and that weighed on me for a long time. Um, you know, there's some more details about how my finals went and that sort of thing. And maybe I'll save that story for another time. Uh, cause I don't think that's germane to what I'm talking about right now. Some very interesting things about how finals went though. Um, anyhow, so Kent dies. Two weeks later, I graduate from college. Two weeks after that, I get married. So three major life events in one month. You know, there at least were, I think still are, but there were pictures of things that happened like on my honeymoon that I have no recollection of. Honest to goodness, I have no memory of those things. There's other things like for about six months, you know, from the time Kent died until like sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas of that year of 94. Again, pictures of things that I did, places I went that I have no memory of. And what that means and what I learned later essentially was that I was majorly depressed and I didn't know it. Oh, by the way, I started graduate school that fall. And so for most of that first semester, I don't remember. <laughs> now, how, how in the world I did as well as I did. I have no idea. Uh, trust me, God's grace through that for sure. On many fronts, but definitely for the school part. That's kind of where I'm going to stop for today. Just at kind of the very beginning of when I got married. Because the next part of my story is really to kind of talk about what that was like. Uh, the, the being married, the having kids. Uh, talk about my divorce and what's happened since then. Because all that's really important. It is. But that will be very emotionally draining for me. Um, and so I want to give you all the best that I have. And so that's part of the reason why I'm wrapping up. And it would make the episode so extremely long if, <laughs> if I included that in this one today. Because I'm sure this one is plenty long as it is. So I want to thank you for taking time to tune in today. Remember, this is just part one of my story. Hope that you'll turn tune in for the next part. There's at least one more, possibly a third, possibly. Haven't decided for sure yet, but there's at least one more part. So again, I am honored that you have chosen to spend some of your time with me. You're giving me your most precious 
resource. It's your time because it is not renewable. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. Do me a huge favor. Whatever platform that you check out this particular podcast on, I would love to get a rating and review from you. Those are so huge, uh, especially on the Apple podcast. It just, it helps bring you up in rankings and stuff helps when people are searching by keywords. Uh, there's just a lot of things that go into that. So I would love, it doesn't even have to be a long review either. Honestly, if you could just take five minutes max on a review and do that for me, it would mean the world to me. I'd really appreciate that. And let me know you did that. If you guys are looking to find me, I'm on most social media platforms, just at John Hewlin, H-U-L-E-N. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse, those places. Well, and YouTube as well. You guys can find me there. So be looking for me. I'm out there. I'm everywhere. And I respond to DMs. So would love to hear from you. Hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I care about you. I love you. I want the best for you. If you need me, reach out to me. I'll be there. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? <laughs> Love you guys. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.